Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for a beautiful year, a beautiful month, a beautiful day. We thank you for choosing us, for qualifying us, and for loving us. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercies. We pray and may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Amen. Oh, we thank God for qualifying us to see another 24 hours. And as long as we are alive, we are going to work the works of Him who has called us. We are going to fulfill the will of God for our lives. For that is our meat. That's what gives us satisfaction. And we are believing God that that is what also gives you satisfaction. As Jesus said, my meat is to do the will Him who has sent me and to accomplish it. So we are continuing our study and tonight is our final episode on seven prayers to pray consistently, constantly, uninterruptedly for the year 2023. Our prayer is a statement Paul made to the church in Rome where he said that likewise, Romans 6 verse 11, likewise, consider or reckoning yourself to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. We are alive to God because of the work of Jesus on the cross. And for the last six or five weeks, we have been looking at what it means to be alive to God. And that's what God desires for us in the year 2023. We started by looking at to be alive to God means to be sensitive. If we look at the seven characteristics of life as according to biology, and we transpose the same principle in our prayer topic. And last week, one of the things we looked at was the two-in-one. And the second one we looked at was, or we looked at nutrition and reproduction. Nutrition and reproduction. And we said that nothing establishes the believer as the word of God does. And God wants us to consistently pray that you have the desire to feed on his word. You have the desire to live by every word that proceeds out of his mouth. And God also wants us that every month, among the things we constantly pray for, we should have that one person that we want to pray for. Paul urges the church that, first of all, prayers and supplications we tend to be made for all men. It's not an opinion that we are to deliberate on, but it's an instruction that we are to pray for all men. And God is laying it upon our hearts that in the year 2023, at least every month, pray for one person, every single month, and choose somebody that that which you are praying for a person would not directly benefit you. It's very easy to pray for your mom if for your dad, if 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 his business is not going well. It's very easy to pray for your brother if something is delayed. But can you pray for a colleague that maybe you may not be so close to? But God has burdened you that there's some battles that he or she is going through. Can you pray for the leaders of your country? Because Paul, in that same chapter in the verse, he said, for governors and all those in authority, whether if you are somebody who is into politics, whether that is your political party or not, can you be genuinely burdened for other people? And look at all the people we call prayer giants or prayer gurus, however you want to call them. These people were those who prayed for people that had no idea. These were intercessors. And Jesus himself is currently an intercessor. That's what he does at the right hand of the Father. And so tonight we are looking at the last component of being alive to God. So we have looked at movement, respiration, sensitivity, growth, um, reproduction, nutrition. We are left with one, which is very, very crucial, very important. And I think the best I reserve for the last, which is excretion. Excretion. Now, this 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 um, component of life is mostly um, confused with ejection. Ejection simply has to do with undigested food substance. 
that is removed from the body. But with excretion, it has to do with the removal of waste metabolic or metabolic waste substances. So as we live and move, there are several metabolic processes or there are several biochemical reactions going on in your body. And all these biochemical reactions, they are waste products that need to be excreted out of our body as a result of the buildup of these um, waste due to the metabolic reaction. And it's very important that every organism, every single organism, unicellular, multicellular, complex, simple, plant, animal, fungi, all sorts of organisms, we all have means and ways we excrete and bring out these metabolic waste substances. And it's something that is very crucial, even in our work with God. To be alive to God, God is expecting us that we bring out certain things which come as a result of our fellowshipping with Him and two, as a result of our encounter with the Word of God daily. This is very important. So, as you receive, James tells that receive with meekness the engrafted Word of God, which is able to save your soul. When you receive the Word of God and the Word of God begins to work on you, there are several things that will be excreted or that will be brought out as a result of, in quotes, the metabolic reaction of the Word of God in your soul. And it's very important that we take note of these things. So let's look at First Peter. There are several scriptures, but let's look at First Peter 2, verse 1. Papa Peter is speaking to us and he says that, Therefore, laying aside all malice. So Peter is giving us some of the things we are supposed to excrete in our work with God. Therefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies. I like this word so much. <laughs> and envies and all evil speakings. I think it again. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all guile, all hypocrisies, and envies, and evil speakings. As the word of God works in you, as you listen to the podcast, as you fellowship in the word, as you fellowship with God in prayer, as you fellowship with the brethren, and the word of God is working on your soul. These are some of the things that come out or that are exposed to you that God is expecting that we bring out of ourselves. Malice, gal, play acting, which is the word for hypocrisy, pretending to be someone you are not, envies and evil speakings. Now let's go to Colossians. Papa Paul also tells us something over here. He says, Colossians 3, the verse number 8 to 10. He says, But now you must also get rid of yourself all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. Since you have taken off the old self, with its practices and have put on the new self which is renewed in the image of its creator wow let's look at the game verse 8 but now you must also get rid of yourself all such things are these anger rage malice slander filthy language from your lips it is not okay to make comments all in the name of jesting or joking about and you look at it again in Ephesians what addresses that I'm um, um, quite clearer in relation to things we say that we claim they are jokes. But it says that do not lie to each other since you have taken off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self which is being renewed in the knowledge of its creator. Now let's go to Ephesians 4 verse 22. 
they are giving us a list of things we are to excrete. And Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 also gives us a list of items that are a product of a reaction of God's word. And it says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupt by deceitful desires so to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like god in true righteousness and holiness verse 25 therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor speaking the truth is cardinal in our christian work cardinal in our christian work for we are members of one body. In your anger, do not sin, and do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. So yet again, anger is mentioned. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer. And don't let your mind quickly go to armed robbers or those who um, are thieves. But whenever you take that which does not belong to you, I, I like in Proverbs, a scripture that he that steals from his mother and his father, and says it is no wrong, has I've forgotten, but it's something about has committed an abomination before God. Taking from your parents without their permission qualifies as stealing. It qualifies as stealing. Taking from your company, using resources not meant for you, qualifies as stealing. We are not looking at stealing tonight. So, um, yeah, verse 28, doing something useful with your own hand that you may have something to share with those in need. It's very interesting. Paul wants us to work so that we can have enough to give. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you have been sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling, and slander, along with every other form of malice. Malice is a word I think we have to do as a, 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 a series or an episode on malice. Because in Peter we saw the word malice, in Colossians we have seen the word malice, and yet again in Ephesians we have seen the word malice. It's very important that we appreciate the meaning of these things. And malice simply means having the desire to harm someone or an ill will. It is not committing the act, but harboring that desire. Whenever you are wishing that somebody's relationship will get destroyed, whenever you are wishing that somebody will lose his job, whenever you wish ill for people, you are having malice. So you say having the desire to harm someone or having an ill will about someone is one of the first things Peter told us to put aside. Paul, for the second time, I said, put away evil desires towards people. Especially when it comes to our relationships, people do not treat you well. The Bible says, do not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Many of us, many of us are hoping that that ex or whoever, however I want to call the person, will never have it well with the person because of a hurt the person committed to you. The Bible says that vengeance is the Lord. Vengeance is a seat meant for the Lord. So whenever you take the seat of vengeance, you are fighting with God over his position. And that never ends well for you. But let's, that's, that's, that's just by the way. It says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Excretion. You see, one of the things about God is that God is light. And one thing about light, according to physics, is that light is that which enables us to see. So defining light is something very tricky. 
but what physics at least from what i can remember if they have not updated the definition <laughs> is that light is what enables us to see so when the bible says god is light god is the one that enables you to see life as you ought to because there are various forms of lights in this world and all of them would give you an image of how to relate and how to deal but god is the standard god is the one that defines things things don't define light so if light is blue it affects how you see a particular object so light is a definer and when the bible says that god is light he defines our true state and one thing about light is that the closer you get to light the more visible things become the closer you get to god the more visible your nature or who you are is really exposed to you that is why the more you get closer to god the more humble you become because the more god will expose to you several things about yourself that needs to be excluded for many of us we think we are nice people because everybody says we are nice but for some of us we have anger issues and it's what about anger issues don't let your mind quickly go to those who maybe when they get angry they begin to i don't know throw things about or however you may want to um demonstrate for some of us we may not demonstrate our anger publicly but we are harboring it inside and it influences the little things we do in relation to people especially when if i talk about married couples you see that they may not throw bows or break glasses or but the relation with their spouse begins to change that's because you are harboring anger and these are things that god exposes to you about yourself as you work with him you know when you become born again in quote the obvious sense is what you clear of so let's say somebody used to smoke and immediately the person stops smoking everybody around be like oh truly this person is born again because he used to smoke and he doesn't smoke again he used to drink he doesn't drink again he used to steal he doesn't steal again but these are the list of our worries there are many internal wastes that needs to be dealt with bitterness that needs to be dealt with envy you be amazed jealousy so many people are jealous of the successes of other people so many will feel like this person does not deserve certain good things in life and for most of us at least once in our life we have such feelings more than once <laughs> but let me just let me just say once you always feel like somebody is enjoying certain goodies that you deserve somebody does not deserve this and all those things i think that god needs you to get rid of as you interact with this word so when you get born again you think all oh, oh, the only problem you have is smoking is drinking is fornicating is stealing but then as you begin to work with God God will begin to expose all forgiveness in you God will begin to expose bitterness God will begin to expose selfishness God will begin to expose pride God will begin to expose malice God will begin to expose evil speakings evil speakings covetousness these are things that god is expecting us to exclude and god is saying that in the year 2023 we should constantly expose ourselves to the word of god and to god for him to reveal these things to us look at jesus and look at peter it's interesting peter's reaction after jesus died and he went fishing and james and john accompanied him the bible says that and jesus appeared by the shore and he told them little children cast your net to the other side and i always when i was whenever i come across scripture it's just interesting that jesus is calling peter a little child <laughs> and you will know that obviously peter was older than jesus and i think from there peter should have got the hint but for some strange reason peter did not recognize who was speaking because for a man as old as peter was believed to be somebody called him a little child definitely especially in africa 
imagine somebody about 50 years old and they are calling you a little child i wonder who is that person calling me a little child but immediately peter caught the harvest the bible said that peter wore his robe and ran when he got ashore and immediately said that i am a sinner what nobody has said anything to you peter's already condemning himself that ah i am a sinner because an encounter with light would reveal your nature look at the woman at the well jesus never said anything jesus only said go and call your husband and all she said was that i have i did not have a husband and she said yeah truly you do not have a husband because the man you're married with is not even your husband for you are married five and etc so jesus not even said that hey you fornicator you adulterer you hobo wretcher but just a simple conversation exposed the nature of this woman to herself and that's what god is expecting that as we receive with meekness and grafted word we will begin to excrete all these things out of ourselves they gave us a list of several things to excrete and as i think i said um, two weeks ago one day we will take our time and look at all these things one by one especially with the list john gave us in first john 3 that in the last days men will be lovers of themselves one day we do a perusal on the things we need to excrete but that is about two of them that i want to touch on that i think god wants us to consistently pray in this year let's look at hebrews chapter 12 verse 15 hebrews 12 verse number 15 let's see what the writer of the book of hebrews tells us something very important it says looking diligently looking diligent lest any man fail of the grace of god why would somebody fail of the grace of god list any root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled the writer is telling us something very important and he was talking about this particularly in the congregational setting or in a church setting he's saying that as you are relating with people you know in the verse 14 he said that follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man can see god said looking diligently list any man and that the, the main context was in the in the church setting or in the group setting in the fellowship setting he said as you are related with people especially in the church especially amongst brethren look diligently lest any of you fail of the grace of god lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you bitterness bitterness is one of the things that can cause you to fail of the grace of god and cause trouble especially in the group setting especially in the church the root of bitterness you see and i like the 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 the, the phrase root of bitterness or the word root he didn't say the fruit of bitterness or the leaves of bitterness because root is mostly hidden the roots are mostly under the ground roots mostly provide anchorage they are like a foundation they are mostly not seen and he said that the root of bitterness so many people are angry about certain things especially in the church reason but their real motives why they are angry they never tell people they never tell people you see especially what again in the church people will leave churches or leave places they are not supposed to leave and always the example of the prodigal son comes into mind you would realize that the intention why the prodigal son left had nothing to do with his father but had to do with himself and i remember when we did the episode of the parable of the loving father we made mention of this that if it was just about getting his inheritance if it was just about the father hindering him from from living his fullest life he would not have gone that far because after all all you needed was the inheritance 
to start your company as you say or live your life but you could realize that the real motive was to be as far away from the father as possible many people will leave churches or leave the places they are not supposed to leave and if you ask them the reason they will give you is hardly ever the reason many people leave because of bitterness so he said that list the root of bitterness springing up trouble you and thereby many be defiled many be defiled many be defiled many breakaways from relationships that were not supposed to be broken away was because of bitterness one of the things that God really wants us to hammer on this year the root of bitterness which mostly comes from offenses which mostly comes from offenses many people are bitter because they felt like they have served in a particular church for a while and they were not honored the way they wanted to be honored people feel bitter because when 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 they were mentioning people's names at church who had done things their names was their name was you know whenever people are mentioning list of people they want to um acknowledge they always start with this phrase they will go like hey i don't want to forget anybody so i don't want to thank you or they give a very generic statement because they know that if they should miss one name out <laughs> they will be labeled as ungrateful they will be labeled as forgetful they will be tagged with all sorts of manner so right now for the sake of peace we just say that not to forget anybody i thank you all <laughs> and you know that you have ended it you have ended it peacefully because many people will get bitter over these things you go to places where people are not addressed by their in quote appropriate title you should see the way you be dealt with especially again in the african setting somebody's a professor and you dare call the person a doctor <laughs> you will not hear the list about it in the church setting many people have withdrawn from serving god many people have been defiled because they allowed bitterness to creep in and you see whenever i hear stories about people leaving church or people leaving places they are not supposed to be because they felt offended sometimes you listen to their offense and even though you could understand why the person is offended it just doesn't seem as a good enough reason to leave your father's house because of this so you could imagine the prodigal son he being the last of the two boys he felt like maybe he was not given enough responsibility the elder brother is the one always going to farm and just in the house you, know, you could always come up with reasons that you could always explain yourself That is why it's called the root, because the real reason why you are bitter is because of your pride. The main reason why people get offended is because their ego was bruised, is because their pride was touched. But yet they will cover it with all sorts of wonderful stories and look all innocent, while the real reason is left over there. And I always say, look at this man Jesus, who went about doing good. And I always ask myself, where were the people Jesus helped? when they ask whether he should be crucified or he should be released or the thief should be released where were the people that Jesus raised from the dead where were the people that Jesus fed twice where were the people where was blind bartimaeus where was the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years where was the man who could not walk for 30 years where were these people that nobody even attempted to raise his head and you see the, the people made the statement that let his blood be upon our heads and that of our children and if you study the israel nation you will know that this case is really working in their lives one day we will look about, about all this and that the statement they made that let the blood of an innocent man be upon our heads and that of our children it explains a lot of issues 
the people of Israel are going through because of this statement they made. Where were the disciples? Where was Peter who saw the transfiguration of Jesus? Who had God speak out of heaven? Where were these people? And at the cross, it was only Mother Mary and Bestie John <laughs> who were at the cross. And yet still, if I was Jesus when I resurrect, I would tell these people my mind, pa, and I'll give them one year silent treatment. If I, I think one year is too small. I'll give them five year silent treatment. Before I leave, will come, come. I'll make you the leaders of the church. Come. Look at Peter. Upon all his statements, he was nowhere to be found. But yet, he chose these people. Never for once did we hear that Jesus was offended, that no one was there with him. Never for once did he make reference to this fact. If I was Jesus, I would have asked Peter, 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 my friend, these ladies are giving me their forget. Where were you? When we were going to Jerusalem, I told you I will be killed. We came to do more, more after giving review that that was the Christ, blah, blah, blah. I told you, I gave you heads up. But nowhere was Jesus offended. And especially when it comes to being in a place of leadership or being in a place of prominence, whether it be financially or in a leadership role, you cannot work successfully or you can never be successful in any venture if you allow offense and bitterness to rule your heart especially in marriages especially in relationships so if maybe become a president and your whole idea or agenda of becoming a president is because maybe your family was killed by a political political party or somebody if that is your whole reason your motivation you will never succeed many people won't occupy certain positions just to prove a point the root of bitterness so you know that they begin to make misguided decisions and take the wrong choices, the root of bitterness. That is why when you look at the Old Testament, one of the qualifications to be a priest was that you should have no open sore on your skin. So God told Moses that the people who come and serve me in the temple, they should have one, no physical deformity. You should not be a disabled person in any way. And two, you should have no open wounds or scars on your skin. And for us in the New Testament, God is saying that you should have no open scars if you want to serve me. If you are still holding on to how you pray for people, you help people, and blah, 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 you, you help people have breakthroughs, and they didn't remember you. You can never be in a ministry, and you can never work with God. Because working with God will be a continual trip of encountering people who will never appreciate you as you really need to be. As I was listening to one spiritual instructor, and he was saying that if he was to look at offenses of people, there's no way he will still be a pastor. There are people's wedding he officiated when nobody wanted to be there for those couples. Yet, they treat him as though he's an alien, as though he never existed. He talked about the fact that on his wedding day, he invited pastors in the whole city. At that time, of course, they were small. Nobody showed up for his wedding. And the one that broke his heart was that before he got married, whenever a church member used to get married, they used to come and organize, clean the church, arrange the church, decorate the place, Oh, but he, the pastor, on his wedding day, nobody came to clean the church. And according to the story he told, he came to church to meet a dirty church. So in his suit, he had to take a broom and sweep his own church in his suit. The pastor of the church, on his wedding day, nobody came to do any arrangement. Everybody forgot about him. All the men of God at that time were invited. Nobody ever showed up for his wedding. He was talking about the fact that on his wedding day, he was sweating profusely and his dress was almost dirty because of the sweeping. 
but his church members, nobody came up to help him. But yet, before his wedding, he was there for everybody. And look at us in the church today, especially now with funerals. If you do not know and you don't go for this person's mother's funeral or father's funeral, forget it, the relationship has ended. Look at these people are not even making investment. People who give, I don't even want to say. But you just look at the people who make demands or systems that they do not really invest in. And yet they are the ones that get offended. And God is saying that one of the things we need to excrete out of our system is the root of bitterness, offenses. Have no open scars. Have no open wounds. Otherwise, you can never have a meaningful relationship with God. All your relationship with people and with God would always be marked. That is why people who have had boyfriends upon boyfriends or girlfriends upon girlfriends who have had several relationships, they hardly ever have a successful relationship because they are carrying so much baggage and scars and deformities into their present relationship. You know, sometimes I just look at how I relate with certain people. And I'm saying that, you know, when I read some funny things on social media, and I'm like, I have been in the same situation as this, but the people I was relating with, these things did not even cross my mind because I've not had such experiences. But I'm praying to God for that anybody with an open scar, anybody with a deep wound, may God heal us. Any deformity, may God heal our deformities in the name of our Lord Jesus. The next thing that God really wants us to excrete is evil consciousness. This one is my own, <laughs> my own list. Because I've realized that many of us are more conscious of the devil and his work, or not even his work, his, his tricks, as compared to God and his generosity. And you know, God taught me this thing at the end of last year. I think it was around the 20, I think in the 23rd or 24th, I was, I was doing something and I was holding my phone and my phone fell down. And my phone cracked, the screen just cracked. Like, if I when the phone fell down, I know this fall there that it has fallen, <laughs> it will not come back with life. And I picked up my phone, and lo and behold, the whole screen had become like it, you can't see anything. But when the, when the phone call comes, it comes through. And the first thing that the first thought that came to mind was like a jovial thought, like, ah, God, I know you have been telling me to change my phone. But relax, I was going to change it next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have made me change my phone. Yes, like, but we are forcing you to change my phone. If you give me time. And I remember when I told my brother about it, actually, after going to buy a new phone, blah, blah, blah. He made a statement that, hey, now you did actually, this Christmas, they want to spoil your Christmas crowd. Like, he made a statement like that. And God just prayed me that, have you realized that you did not attribute this thing to the work of the devil? Many of us would have made comments attributing to the fact, hey, the devil is on my case. Hey, something bad. But quickly, I rather attribute to the fact that God has been forcing me to change my phone and I am stupid. And God is saying that the only way I can change my phone is by cracking the screen for me. And the same thing happened with my laptop. I was using a particular laptop and this laptop was virtually dead. And I was just being stubborn about changing this laptop because I thought that it was still carrying me through. Then God has made the laptop fall into a deep sea for about three days. After I bought a new laptop, then the old laptop, you started telling stuff. I said, hey, like that you are. <laughs> but you see, I live in the consciousness that God rules and reigns in the affairs of my life, not the devil. Not the devil. Whenever you enter a room and you see a cook, holy, holy, holy fire, holy water, holy smoke, holy something, why are you always conscious about the work of the devil? Why don't you see when God is in the neighborhood? 
Look at Hebrews 13 verse 1. Do not be afraid to entertain strangers because some have entertained angels without knowing. But for you, whenever you see a stranger, you are seeing an arm robber or you are seeing the devil coming to attack you. Evil consciousness. And these are one of the things that God wants you to excuse because until you can sense and perceive God, you can never receive from God. You should be conscious of God and His ever-abiding presence with you. Not the devil. Not the works of the devil. So whenever you are doing something, maybe, I don't know, an accident, maybe you are cooking, something falls down, don't attribute it to the devil. Because who is with you? Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you as an orphan. In Hebrews, he says, that because he has said, I can also say, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. The Bible says, he's our ever-present help in time of trouble. Why are you always cautious of evil whenever you are in trouble? Look at the three Hebrew boys. They were so confident about their goal. So when they were entering their finance that was heated seven times, they were not prepared because they already knew that the fourth man was with them. So it took them entering the fire before the king also saw the fourth man. We know some reflection had to take place, some, <laughs> some physics had to take place because Nebu could not see the fourth man. So God needed to create a contrast of images and a background for him to see the fourth man. Why are you not conscious of the fourth man? Why are you ascribing everything to the devil in your life? So when my phone got cracked, I was like, oh God, I was going to buy a new phone. Relax, give me. I, I knew that God was saying, that, brother, you have used this phone for a while, for change, for change. But for some of us, we say, ah, the devil is on my kids. And we say, hey, our hometown, our villages wear Kambu or Wellington boots or whatever. Give it. You see, some of these things, of course, they are jokes, but it just reveals the deepness of evil consciousness in us. Why don't you ascribe things to angelic assistance? Why don't you ascribe things to the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life? So, I remember, I think I've shared this story somewhere last two years about a friend who did not get a job. You know, he finished his master's. And it's a very different level finishing a master's and not getting a job. Finishing undergrad and not getting a job is a whole different ballgame. Now, adding master's, you feel more wasted and more foolish. And I remember his first job was in he lived in um, Kumasi. He had to come to Accra for the job. And when he came, they stressed him out, interview after interview, interview after interview. And finally, the owner said that he's qualified, but uh, the way he was young, he's afraid that something, something, something. So he doesn't think he'd be the right fit. And this guy was very angry and like, ah, yeah, what kind of reason is this for not giving me a job? A very funny reason or an interesting reason. And not long after, there was another job interview or another job opening. And I might even sent it to me. I was like, oh, he has already seen that I applied for it. But Charlie, from what the previous employer told him, <laughs> he doesn't really have confidence. But lo and behold, he got the job. And the salary he was going to get in the first place was doubled. And it fact, the job he had, the second one, was the job he really wanted. And you see, many of us would have ascribed the first delay to the work of the devil, or things are not going on well for me, or something fun, aside the fact that God is orchestrating the events of your life. There are many things, and as a child of God, everything that happens in your life is because God is in control. Unless you are somebody, one, who is not a child of God, Unless you're somebody too who's not constantly in prayer with God, then you are living your life to chance. But if you are someone who lives totally dependent on God, you can be rest assured. That's what the Bible says. He who set their those who set their minds on him, he shall give them peace, peace, or perfect peace. Two things that God wants us to excrete out of our lives this year is bitterness or offenses. 
some of us are the listing offenses. If somebody passes by you and the person doesn't greet you, not because the person is there, you are so quick to pull up a card and say, eh? and see sometimes they would do. I remember one day I was at work and something happened. The way this person was able to draw a connection that hey, this happened, this happened, this, and I looked and the guy was saying I did something, and I look at the person and say, ah, you have been able to take three different scenarios which are not related, and have been able to draw a wonderful connection. I said, why are you always thinking evil like that? I was so surprised. And it just made me appreciate how people can do wonderful connections. But I refuse to be offended. Because these guys always leave it. And somebody saying this, somebody saying, when people have not said anything, he hears incomplete sentences or incomplete statements and he begins to make wonderful conclusions. I say, hey, go. Don't be somebody who can be easily offended. Maybe, you know, somebody said there's something in Ghana, that in Ghana, if you go and park your car and you see people and you don't greet them, pray that your car does not enter into a gutter or you don't have a puncher because the people sit their own concern just because you do not greet them. Of course, they're supposed to greet people. But sometimes you can be so caught up in the, in the moment of life. Maybe you are, you are in a height, you are in a haste to do something and you just go and quickly pack a car and get out to go and do something. And just because you do not greet them, you are dead to them. But come alive. Don't be easily offended by people because many people do things unconsciously. Of course, some people are deliberately evil. We are wicked and unreasonable men. But don't be too picky to fish out people like that. It's because you have been offended several. Now you are, your antenna is raised and we are easily offended. The least thing your beloved says you're offended. Eh? Doesn't mean this. The last time that you begin to do calculation, the last time you said this and you forgot this. Hey, sister, cool down, brother, cool down. Eh? You forgot your birthday, you forgot this thing. I've told this person's name that you need to do the last time. But then I said, oh. And sometimes, genuinely, the person is lost about what you're saying. But I'm finding a way of accusing the person with empirical evidence. Offenses, the root of bitterness. Eh? When it was my birthday, the church did not sing for me, but this one's birthday, they sang for the church. The church eh? When it was my birthday, they didn't change, you know, something even in the WhatsApp group, and they didn't change the group DP, but this one's birthday, they changed the group DP. And then, hey, the least thing you are offended, the least thing you are leaving, the least thing you are escaping, the least thing you are offended. May we excrete offenses out of our life in the name of Jesus. And the last thing, evil consciousness. Be conscious of God's presence in your life. Be conscious of the rulership of God in your life. Be conscious of the guidance of God, the deliverance of God, the direct. Be conscious of God and His generosity. So in the year 2023, God wants us to be sensitive. God wants us to respire, to generate energy in prayer. God wants us to move. God wants us to grow. God wants us to reproduce. God wants us to feed. And finally, God wants us to excrete. And actually excrete. One important, you know, one thing about exercise, I don't want to go deep into it, but exercise is good. It helps you excrete. <laughs> Just to summarize everything. One important spiritual exercise that will help you to excrete faster is thanksgiving, being full of joy. I always say this, Joy is a part of the fruit of the Spirit. Many of us underestimate the power of joy. You know, especially if you look at in our secondary schools, if you are spiritual, if you are considered a spiritual person, you should not be smiling very often. You should always have a straight face. You should have a straight face, have a funny looking trousers, have a face towel or a mini handkerchief or a mini towel around your neck 
always looking all spiritual like you are you are you are deciphering some spiritual codes then you are a spiritual brother but if you go around always laughing always joyful always smiling you cannot be spiritual i don't know where we got this thing from but joy is a part of the fruit of the spirit and joy is an expression you cannot be joy with a straight face then you are not joyful the bible said in hebrews that because thou have loved righteousness and have hated iniquity I have anointed you with the oil of gladness. The anointing that we have is the anointing of glad. Like, do you know what it means to be glad? The way um, um, football fans always always jubilate when their team scores a goal. That is how we should constantly believe it. Jesus said that in this world you have cars of many kinds, but be full of joy. He says, but be cheerful because I have overcome. God is expecting us to be cheerful. I, I think we should do a personal research on what it means to be cheerful. And that is what your state should constantly be. I always tell people that when you begin to lose your job about anything you are doing, you are backsliding. Because joy is of the spirit. And joy is an expression. Laughter is a component of joy. You cannot be frowning and be telling me you are joyful. I don't know which joyful you are. I don't know, you unless maybe you express however you want to express or you express it. Because the more you exercise, the more you demonstrate joy, the more you are flashing out offenses, the more you are flashing out evil consciousness. Because joy is an indication that the Holy Spirit is present. So the more you are joyful, the more you are allowing the Holy Ghost to enter into all the cells, the tissues, the, the, the crevices of your body and flash out all the, the free radicals. <laughs> Be joyful in this year. Be full of joy. Never lose your joy, regardless of the situation. Shall we spend some time in prayer? We don't want to tell God our Father, we pray for the grace and the strength not to allow bitterness settle in our hearts. Father, we pray for grace. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, not to be easily offended by people. And when people do offend us, just as you in Christ forgave us, may we freely forgive. Father, we pray for the grace not to be easily, to take notice easily of people's offenses and people's shortcomings and people's words they say about us and be so quick to draw conclusions about people's statements. Father, may we flush this out of our system in the name of our Lord Jesus. We pray for your grace to be conscious more of you and less of the devil. In fact, it is not our priority. The Bible says that because I have overcome, be cheerful, be joyful. Father, we pray for the grace to always set our minds on things above. Set your mind on things above. The Bible says that, and I saw Satan fall as a lightning from heaven. Satan is not above. Set your mind on things above which is God, his presence, his kingdom, the Holy Spirit, joy, righteousness, peace. Set your mind on the presence of God, the influence of God in your life. Set your mind, every evil consciousness, we eradicate it out of our lives in the name of our Lord Jesus. And in this year, we refuse to be moody. No moodiness. We refuse to be, to be, we refuse not to be joyful. Throughout this year, every 365 days, we'll be joyful. 365 
days, no moodiness. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we are full of joy. We are thankful. We are praiseful. We are joyful. We are smiling every day of the year. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we are filled with laughter every day of our lives. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we are sensitive to you. We move with you. We respire. We reproduce. We grow. We feed. And we excrete. We are alive to God in the year 2023. We are alive to God in the year 2023. And we are alive to God in the year 2023. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. We then will find ourselves time in His word. And I believe in God that this year you will be joyful. This year you will be joyful. You never lose your joy. Remember, we are still giving God. That's it. Serve the Lord with gladness. I forgot that scripture. God, you can't serve the Lord with the streets. You are not if you are serving with the streets, but it's a different Lord. He says, serve the Lord with gladness. Let's reserve this one for now. We are giving God our best. And we are only no man nothing but love. See you next as we look at hopefully a single teaching for the year 2023. See you next week. And please don't forget to check out our YouTube channel, Renew Your Mind TV. God is blessing us with so much as we renew our minds with this one at the created world. See you next week. And bye bye. If not for your grace.